great future. We're talking real money. Ladies and gentlemen, Don McDonald of Talking Real Money on his broadcast today predicted that the stock market will go higher. Please note that for future reference, should it actually go higher and send this to all major news outlets around the globe to make Don more famous. Thank you for your time. Hello again, and welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald. Uh, it's a special uh, announcement that at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're here to uh, to do that thing that we do so well, and that is talk about your dough on a podcast, the Talking Real Money podcast. I'm Don. Tom is over. The, wait, he, he he was there. He he just walked out on the podcast. Now he's gone. I'm walking out. Walk. I'm hoping to get a pay increase if i walk out for a while isn't that how you do it with a labor thing no yeah look at it going on everywhere we need to unionize <laughs> we gotta jump in there yeah man. yeah the Rep. podcast the hosts of america union <laughs> okay yeah, no nobody I, feels sorry I, for us look around i know it's who like, else is in there like, i don't want to be in that group they're going they're not working that hard really Mm-mm. hey you don't know how much work i do behind the scenes bucko bucko hi tom don here hello everybody uh, we, 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 as we, as the followers of academics, we who pay attention to those academics, we, we have advised you that it makes sense that it is proven that small company stocks have over long periods of time outperformed large company stocks. Of course, that's very logical because they're more risky. That that value stocks outperform growth stocks over a long period of times. Why? Because they're more risky. You get rewarded for taking risk. However, the landscape of small capery has changed recently, given the fact that the big growth companies are not just big. They're monstrous. They are the great white whale. They are Mount Everest. They are ginormous. They are Godzilla or versus King Kong. You know, the reality is it's just hard to get small in the words of Steve Martin going back, bad drag reference, going back 40, 50 what, years. What okay. was that? What, you know, what was you know, that You can from? type it in on the internet. It was a skit. You know, was it Saturday small. Night Live? I believe it was. But the thing okay. is, when it comes to investing is we want to make sure you're able to get small and to get small value, but it's getting harder and harder to do. Let me explain because many of you use index funds and let me just read you a couple of names. So does American Airlines sound like a small company to you? Uh, Well, it's about a $10 billion market cap. That doesn't sound small to me. Or how about Molson Coors at $12.2 billion market cap? Nah, doesn't sound too small. Here's the problem. Um, Many of you hold the S&P 500 and maybe you hold a little small. The small is no longer small because 65 members of the S&P 500 in Vanguard's uh, $46 billion U.S. small cap index fund, 65 members of the S&P 500 are in the small cap fund. Wow. What? That's 11% or so. Yeah, that's crazy. And the reason is just what you mentioned, Don. The behemoths behemoths have gotten really fat on market cap here lately. I mean, it's crazy. So what, what that means is 
at, by the measure, they keep those there, but the other ones, they move down to the smaller because the whole idea is originally to, sh- to put about 85% of the market in the larger firms and the rest down small, but the small ain't small no more. So it's harder to buy small. Um, well, in an index, in an in index, index when you buy an index, you are going now to end up with some really big, what they, they call them mid cap companies. Yeah. For all mm. intents and purposes, these are mid caps. They're at the lowest end of the large cap spectrum. So th- this is where, why we don't throw mid cap in just to confuse you even more. It Large, just, small. Let's just let's just really, stick with those two. It's it, there's enough listen, confusion out there. Listen to a couple of numbers. Back in 1983, the top 85 percent of companies included about 800 firms. To date, it's only 385 companies. So the what happens the is the other gets bigger. shoved down. Yeah, and so uh, the biggest 500 companies now make up 90 percent of market value. That's up from 75 percent in 1983. And the importance of getting small, we'll explain to you just a minute here, is absolutely 100% critical. So, for example, if you looked at Vanguard's small cap value exchange traded fund, for example, versus Avantis's U.S. small cap value fund, VBR versus AVUV, AVUV's market cap average size, average size of the firm in there, about two and a half billion. All right. Let's explain what market cap is again. Market cap is the total value of the company stock divided by the, the, or or just no, it's the total value of the company stock. It's, it's the how value, much shareholders it's what, say it's worth. What the what the market says the yeah. company mm-hmm. is worth. So that's, that's right. market market cap, and that's two and a half. And then if you're in the Vanguard VBR small cap value, the average company size five point three billion dollars. Doesn't sound small to me when you read Twice that number. Big. It's just a massive difference. And so what I worry about is indexers then really truly don't get a muff, much at all. And for those of you who are in total global funds, unless you use AVGE, which is Avantis's global equity fund, you just don't get much exposure to small. You don't get much exposure, certainly to small value stocks, which you've correctly pointed out going way back for a, for a long period of time, they've done better, not every year, not every month, not every day, but over the long haul, they've made you more money. So you got to figure out a way to take some of that index fund fund money, I think, Don, and do something else with it to make sure you're getting the proper exposure. Yeah. According to dimensional funds, the, the difference over almost a hundred years between the total U.S. stock market and just the small cap side of the U.S. stock market the difference is uh, about eightfold. The the small cap over about a hundred years made about eight times more money, roughly. Wow, uh, that's a lot. That's and, big money. Yeah. And here's the thing: if small gives you a better kicker, micro should give you an even bigger, better kicker. But micro stocks are so small that in the Vanguard index, they get shoved down to almost no percentage whatsoever. They're just that much. They're they're 10.5% of the portfolio, whereas small caps are 55 and mid caps, which really are or used to be the large caps, are about a third of the portfolio. Over at AVUV, the Avantis small cap value fund, the micro caps make up 34% 34% of the so portfolio. A lot more exposure Three to those little times. firms. Yeah, those little firms that, yeah, some will do well. 
Some won't do much and some will go out of business. But over time, that has been a great asset class to own. And the mid caps, instead of making up 33%, only make up 3% of the portfolio. And there's another new ETF that is very, very similar to AVUV. AVUV has about 750 stocks. Dimensionals Small Cap Value Fund has about 1,100 stocks, but it has a very similar market capitalization. It's $2.7 billion to Avantis is $2.45 billion, uh, and Micro still makes up over 30%, etc. So you've got these choices that are not pure indexes. They they don't just slavishly buy the index. What they do is they say, this is what small cap is. They define small yeah. cap. It's not purely the index, as you point out. Here's the other thing. You you say that's a new, it's a new exchange traded fund, but right. but Dimensional has managed money this way going way oh. back when they used it as a mutual fund. So way again, back. if I was making a portfolio, if I was building one today, I would not- Wait, be you build them today, poor, don't you? I, I, I got smart people in the back if room to do all this I, stuff. I, they don't let them out very often either. They're back there doing something. I don't know what. You're the face. Just, they're the, they're exactly. the trolls in the they're, back with the calculators. The, the behind the curtain. So, I mean, I would want to make sure that I was properly exposed to these asset classes. And frankly, when I look at these numbers, I think the only way to do it is through a product, as you mentioned, either an Avantis product or a dimensional product that really makes sure it takes in those kinds of stocks. Now, one thing we need to warn you about is Morningstar and these fun groups, because they hate the word passive, because they think passive, to them, they believe passive implies they don't do a darn thing. They just sit on their hands and make money. Waiting for you to send the so money. Yeah. they get called active funds, but they're not active by our definition of active. Our definition of active is, is trying to predict what parts of the market are going to do well in the future. Uh, They don't do that. These are just strict rules-based funds with a little bit of flexibility. They don't, again, have to slavishly follow even their rules if it would hurt the fund to do so. For example, if they had a a stock that became large cap suddenly, well, they were very successful. It became large cap. They're not going to immediately move it, take it out of the portfolio. They're going to do some gradual shifting to reduce the impact, the tax impact or other things on the portfolio. But you make a very good point. It is rules-based. There's a discipline here. It's not someone waking up in the morning and saying, tired of Microsoft moving it all to Apple. Yeah. Now the funds in question, the ETFs in question, AVUV is the Avantis small cap value. DFSV, DFSV is the dimensional VBR is the Vanguard index, small cap index, small cap value index. Yep. All right. Time for a couple quick questions. I always have time for quick questions. All right. I am the question answer man. You're going to like this one. Uh, It comes from Tom in, I think I'm spelling a correct, (laughs) pronouncing this correctly. Spell it out. Go ahead and spell it out. You want me to spell it out? T-R-E-M-P-E-A-L-E-A-U. How do you pronounce that? Trampolo. All right. Trempolo, Wisconsin. All right. Good for you. Tom and Trempolo, Wisconsin. We'll go with that. He says, I, uh, I can't see it, but I'm guessing. I, I have $154,000 in the Vanguard Fundal, F-U-N-D-A-L, which I've never heard of before. Um, when you re- listen, I'll, I'll, I'll explain <laughs> in a minute. Uh, it includes, and I looked up a few of these, V-A-D-G-X, 
V-A-G-V-X, et cetera, et cetera. This is in his raw. It's a managed yeah. account at Vanguard. V-A-D is in dog. G is in good. X is in x-ray. Um, you can look that one up and you'll see right away what kind of fund it is, speaking of active or passive style. Uh, this is 6% of his portfolio. He says, I have 60, 40 stock, et cetera. Then the question becomes, would I be better off dumping the fundle bundle and converting them to index funds? The Vanguard called it, the Vanguard expert called it a fundle. However, her English was so poor, I think she meant bundle. I, I don't know one way or the other, but it's fundle I, bundle. I've never heard of a fundle. <laughs> I kind of like it, actually. And if they're not I, I do. It, I, it, it rolls it, off the tongue. And it makes, Although, it makes the whole, it kind of fits our show because we're trying to have fun with money. The fundle. I, I typed in fundle and it came up World Cup kissing. I'm going, maybe they're thinking <laughs> oh, of God, fundle. Not that again. Yeah. Uh, but fundle. Fundle yeah. from Vanguard. I think anyway, it, the funds are actively managed funds. These yeah. And Vanguard, yeah, Vanguard's. Got him too. Yeah. Uh, this, how did he get this fundle? <laughs> how did he get this fun or this fundle? He, he needs an anti fundle cream to get rid of this fundle. Oh, you got one of those for sale later? Yeah. Okay, no, good. No. How did he get into this fundle? Who got him into the fundle? <laughs> Somebody at Vanguard got him in this. One of the Vanguard advisors actually yeah. suggested a portfolio of actively managed funds. They do this all the time. Are you new to the area? They or should something? be ashamed. Ashamed. Yeah, well, anyway, I um, yeah, I, I, I would be selling this and, and buying index funds. Although. Index. Our ETFs. The, listen to the previous part of the, the portfolio discussion just to make sure you're still getting everything you need. Huh. Anyway, thank you, Tom, from well, Trump there's, a, there's another good reason for not using the Vanguard advisory service. I, it Probably somebody there said you can get the fundle bundle and uh, we'll wrap it all <laughs> together for you and you're ready to go. You'll Sorry. have more fun with the fundle bundle at Vanguard today. I think there's a jingle there somewhere. All right. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> Don't from, fondle your fundle. Be careful now. Daniel from Cottonwood, California writes, when buying brokered CDs, yeah. which has an advantage? Pays at maturity or pays monthly? I put the interest in money market funds immediately after being paid. Pays at maturity or pays monthly, Don? Doesn't matter a whit because the yield to maturity is the same. Uh, whether it comes out or not, the only advantage to it staying in is that all of it continues to earn at the current rate. Whereas coming out every yep. month, this is the downside, you're going to put it into a money market, which may or may not be yielding less. So that lowers your overall annualized return on those dollars, the total dollars, the income and the principal a little bit. But generally speaking, the difference is um, negligible. If you don't need income from it, though, it's probably better to take the maturity. Ah, CD. there you go. Because for most people put in these broker CDs, they don't need the income. Most, not all, but most, right? They're looking for some stability. Now that you can get it decent rates, and I haven't looked at the brokered CDs, but they're in the five somewhere. I mean, the rates are pretty doggone good. Yep. So in the fives. it's, uh, you know, sure, I, I'm with you there. So fair enough. Uh, before we go, I do want to mention that if you want us to review your fundle bundle, we're happy to do so. Yeah. Bring us your fundle, your fundled masses yearning to be indexed. So we'll take a look at those fundle bundles uh, and the hodgepodgery with it. 
uh, we do this free. There's no obligation. We talk to so many of Did you. You and I have love a it. fundal hodgepodge portfolio. <laughs> I hear a new commercial coming. Um, anyway, easy to do that. You simply go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on meet an advisor, or or we still have or, a phone that we actually we answer. Don't. We have phone rings and it and gets no. answered. I don't know. I think some employees don't answer. Nah, based well, on don't get me experience. going. Don't get me going there. But I answer. They the don't. Phone. These youngins do not like mm. phones. Just, well, the, for texting, sure, but for actually no, not for on talking. The phone, no, that's like, ridiculous. They're so uncomfortable talking on the phone now. That's it's weird. like no, uh, uh, no, please. I can thumb you better. <laughs> I can thumb that's you. Weird. That's getting weirder. Okay, so the number it's is better than fundling. Eight hundred three eight six three zero zero four. Eight hundred. 386-3004. Call today. And make sure you only fundle with your partner's permission. You don't, you do not fundle without. <laughs> Watch your bundle. <laughs> Watch your bundle. Watch your bundle. Go ahead and fundle. I'm going to work on this. I've got something. I can see. I can hardly wait till Saturday's live show. I think it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, we are going to fundle more money. I, I'm sorry. Talk more money. Talk real money. Whatever it is we do. Talk Real Money, yeah. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 